Welcome everyone to episode 311 of the Fumpsick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and it's just me today. Uh, like I've been doing for the past couple of years, or maybe it was just last year, I've given everyone off this week. It's the week of 4th of July for those of you not in the United States, 4th of July being American Independence Day. Uh, it's kind of convenient too, because Corey and Will are both uh, out of the country, so... They wouldn't have been able to be on anyway, and I figured I would just give Eric the week off. And it also gives me an opportunity to recap the games that have come out this year, the big ones primarily that we've done episodes on. Uh, so you can uh, re-listen to this before we do our Thummies episode and, and get an idea of some of the games we covered and our thoughts on them before before our Thummies episode. Uh, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do a end-of-the-year recap, but this is like the first half-of-the-year recap. Uh, it will be in chronological order too so the first game on the list is going to be resident evil 7 which i believe meet just me and Corey were on this episode we were the only ones talking about the game anyway so um that's going to be the first one you hear uh and i will start that right now really didn't care about her yeah so there was that um how'd you feel about the vhs tape stuff i thought that was really cool yeah um i've only done two of them the, yeah. the the first one where you're the paranormal investigators or whatever going into the thing uh-huh. um but i like that you're not just watching it that you're actually acting it out yeah that's a good thing because yep. if you had to sit there for 10 minutes and watch watch a video play out that would be kind of boring uh-huh. uh so i do like that and that it's all in the vhs film grain and all that stuff it's very very well done yeah, I thought it was a really clever way to to provide some backstory, yeah. uh, and like you said, keep you engaged rather than just watch watching yeah. a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And I think the DLC that came out is based around that, right? Yeah, it's, uh, we talked a little bit about it, but it's found footage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some type of stuff. Very clever. I did have uh, an issue later on. One of the VHS tapes uh, is a little long, uh-huh. and it's the issue I had with it is that like. I basically just wanted backstory out of that, but it was such a long sequence sequence where I started like picking up items and stuff within this VHS tape. And I'm like, I feel like I'm wasting my time doing this. This isn't my quote unquote, my character. You know, this is just an aside. Like I just want to see what happens in this tape and then go back to my character and work on improving my character rather than this VHS version of a, of a person. Yeah. So I did have a minor issue with that, but I'll be interested to see if the mission or the the mystery, I guess, of the of what's going on in the Baker house is solved by the end of the game because that's what's intriguing for me is yes. what's up with this family. I want to know what their story, what their story is, what happened to them, why mm-hmm. why are, why are they the way they are? You yep, know? and I, I totally agree with you. That was the the most interesting part of the game to me. Okay, uh, but knowing where the game goes, I won't spoil where it ends up okay you yeah and whoever's listening um but i'm with you that was the most interesting part of of the game for me (laughs) i uh another thing i really liked is that feeling of entering the safe spaces yeah because you're constantly like your guards up oh yeah you're always expecting something to jump out at you or you know be ready to take down an enemy or whatever uh, and just like paying attention to all the eerie sounds and everything like that. And when you go into the safe space, like it's just so great. It's such a weird feeling. I can't really describe it, but yeah. like your whole body just relaxes and you're like, ah, this is it was, nice. 
it was funny because in one of the Steam reviews, someone wrote, uh, it's the first Resident Evil game with safe spaces that don't really feel safe. <laughs> That's uh, true, too. Because yeah. the, the f- I guess the first one I went into, uh, I still felt like the character that was after me was going to burst through the door yep. at any moment. They didn't. I don't know if I had lost them ahead of time, if they can burst through the door or not. But yeah. I, I definitely felt like they were going to. Yeah, and I think part of that is just the music that's playing. It's like a, like a very. It's not like a peaceful music. It's yeah. it's very eerie, unsettling. Yeah, unsettling. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just going back to the sound effects, I think that's another thing that's really well done in the game. Yeah. Um, because there were so many times where I was walking and I'd hear something and I wasn't sure if I made the noise and I'd stop to like listen, and half the time like it was just me, but the other half of the time it was an enemy. Yeah. But I'd still like stop and hesitate, and that would be all it would take for them to like attack me. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really well done because, you know, I think of myself when I'm doing things in like a dark room or something like that, and I hear a weird noise. Like yeah. I don't immediately try to investigate. I just like stop and yeah. listen, and that's what I found myself doing in the game over and okay. over again. And it turns out that's not always the best thing to do. Sometimes right. it's just keep going, yeah. you know, just run. So. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I am playing it in easy mode. Okay. I didn't want to struggle at all because I knew as soon as I started to struggle, I would not want to play it anymore. Sure. Uh, and also, that plays into the whole idea of timing with this game. I probably wouldn't be playing it if it didn't come out now. Right. Um, or I guess a couple weeks ago because now it's 4 in February, so I'm definitely going to prioritize those games. But like, uh-huh. this is a game that I would not put at the top of my list of priorities but sure. overall i i do like it uh, yeah. i think it's really well done i think resident evil fans will really like it uh horror fans will really like it there's there's a lot of good things in there yeah uh, i think for me it's definitely the scariest game i've ever played too i've played a few of the horror you know actual scary horror games uh outlast had been my my previous top favorite horror game but i think this this one will take its place ultimately yeah, um, because it I, is legitimately scary. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people comparing it to Outlast and yeah. saying like Re- Resident Evil yep. um, learned a lot from Outlast and mm-hmm. sort of regained its composure because of a game like Outlast. Yep. So. Yeah, there's a good. lot of similarities. I would like to play it in VR. I've heard that's the best way to play, or worst way to play it, depending on yeah. who you are. I would say Eric would say it's the worst way to play it. Right. And that's, I mean, with my motion sickness, that's probably the worst way to play oh, it. Yeah. But I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see how they do the the moving while standing still. You know, that seems mm-hmm. like it would be a little disconcerting. Yeah. I don't know. I think For any cool first-person game, not just, not just Resident Evil. Yeah, that'd probably make me vomit immediately now that you mention it. Yeah. Sitting in your chair and just pressing forward and having your guy, yeah, you know, ugh, trap forward. It's making me sick thinking about it. No, but I, you're right. I've heard great things about the VR uh, experience with with Resident Evil. Yeah. So it's a uh, approval from you too overall. Yeah, so far, so far, I really like it. Uh, one of the things I didn't didn't like about Outlast is how kind of powerless you feel throughout uh-huh. the entire thing that gets a little bit old um 
this one you at least eventually kind of get weapons and and can protect yourself yeah uh, you know the in outlast like the the guy that the the camera guy that had went into the insane asylum like if things are trying to kill you i just it's it's hard to imagine just always running and hiding from things rather than uh, you know if you're in a dire situation trying to fight your way out of it you know right it's just it was a uh, kind of broke the immersion for me a little bit yep yeah, Resident so, Evil definitely um, does that well. Like, it makes the resources scarce, but not yeah. too scarce to where it's just incredibly frustrating. So that was Resident Evil 7. That's one game I regret not beating when I was actually playing it. I'd like to go back and, and play it again, but it's one of those games where I forgot all the controls and probably haven't played it since February. So maybe at some point I'll go back to that. It's almost one I would consider restarting. It's not that long of a game, and... Um, in order to get the full effect, I feel like you'd need to play that front to back. So that was the first game on the list. Um, the next one, I guess I should have had this called up before I started. Um, da -da -da. Uh, next one on the list is going to be fire emblem heroes. Uh, <clears throat> there actually wasn't a ton of games this time around. I think I only pulled out like four maybe five episodes there was a lot of really good games that came out but a lot of them we didn't buy right away and, and didn't didn't end up doing an episode on them so i put fire emblem heroes in there only because it was a decent mobile game i know me and will played it for for quite a while so that's what the next topic is going to be about which i will start right now what are your thoughts so far so I'm so far actually really enjoying uh, Fire Emblem Heroes right now. Yeah. They kind of stripped out a lot of the uh, the tactical elements that make Fire Emblem pretty great. Like, uh, for example, like the affection system between units and like if a unit's fighting side by side, like getting the bonus for damage and stuff like that and mm -hmm. doing uh, more damage and all that stuff. They kind of dropped that from a more simplistic approach to the game. Uh, and what they did was make it made it like the heroes are the focus of the game yeah. uh, by bringing in all of these recognizable faces from all of the past games, which I'm fine with. Uh, for a mobile game, like I'm not really looking for a full-fledged Fire Emblem because I don't think it would work how I would want it to work on a mobile device. Yeah. So I kind of think the sacrifices that they made for the game to do what they did with it, uh, I really enjoy. And... You know, I love a lot of the Fire Emblem characters, so, yeah. you know, being able to fight with Marth, uh, five-star Marth with me is, like, awesome. Like, I love yeah. that. Did you Do you end up getting a five-star Marth? So, I think my Marth is four-star, actually. Okay. Let me, let me bring up my team that I use. Yeah. Um, because my, my overall team is all four or five-stars besides one character. Yeah, same here. Um... All right, so I'm going with a five-star Tiki, four-star Marth, four-star Robin, and my Pike or my uh, Spear Soldier is still the Sharina or whatever. Okay, yeah. uh, and she's only two-star. I'm trying to level up a four-star Spear uh -huh. user right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, as far as the battles go, there's uh, there's special specialty maps which are whatever they happen to be. You know, you can win characters from them. Uh, there was the launch one that, that gave you some orbs too, right? Was that the special launch map gave, that gave you orbs? Yep. Or some other some other 
currency. There's a couple different currencies. Uh, there's the training tower, which gives you more experience during the battles, uh, which has various levels. There's the um, the arena, the player versus player arena, which you uh, you're given, uh, I guess, three uh, attempts at per day to to go ahead. Yeah, it's, I was wondering if that was per day. Yeah, it's three per day, and then you get a bonus item for logging in, you know, uh, which you can refill your your either cross swords or whatever. There's a bunch of different currencies. I'm also going to be comparing this a lot to uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes because that's the other mobile game I've played an awful lot of. So, but I will to to piggyback off of what you said. I am also really enjoying Fire Emblem. I didn't really at first. Uh, it took me a little while to get into it. Uh, just because I think there's some things that they could they could do better, which I'll get into in a little bit, um, that I think Star Wars does better. But Star Wars has been around for a lot longer. So you mean the greatest mobile game of all time, well Star Wars you. Galaxy of Heroes? Yeah, yeah, it's that's a tough one to beat for me anyway. But um, yeah, and then there's the that there's your story missions too, which there's nine different chapters with five missions each. Uh, in them, which I beat the the initial level. I don't know if that counts as a beaten game. It sure does, Dan. Does it? Yeah. Okay. So you, you beat uh, all nine chapters? I beat all nine chapters on okay. normal. I beat all but the last mission on hard. Wow. And then I've beat some of them on lunatic difficulty, too. Jeez, uh, I, I don't think I've finished the first chapter on lunatic lunatic difficulty yet. Um, but my party is a five-star Marth a five-star Camilla. I just got a five-star Tiki that I'm working on leveling up. And then my last character is a three-star um, medic, which uh, I'll come up with her. I'll get her name because I don't know it. Not a character is... I know from other things. Okay. Oh, Clarine is her name. Okay. Um, for a while, I was using a spear guy named Jagan, but... Uh, as you get up into the higher levels, if you don't have five star characters, they just get destroyed. Um, so my my healer is only a uh, it's only a three star character, but because she doesn't do any fighting, she's just there to heal. She's she's okay for the most part. Usually, if she gets hit though, she'll she'll end be, up in the bucket. Yeah, be wiped. Yeah. So that's what I'm rolling now. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. Like you said, it's it's a, a slim down version of Fire Emblem. Uh, but it, it works for mobile devices because you're you know, you know you're only looking at an eight by six map, yep. Uh, so there's not a ton of space. Uh, one of the things that I think they did, um, which I think works really well, and it's not fighting together, but a lot of the heroes have abilities uh, where if you know if there's characters within a certain radius of them, they'll get a speed boost or an attack boost, uh, or will you know like I Tiki will you probably know. Yep. Her, her dragon ability or what have you uh, will will do a bunch of damage to bad guys like in front of you in, in, in a line, which is also very helpful. So I think that stuff sort of makes up for the lack of the uh, fighting alongside each other and, and the relationship stuff. Yeah, the, the abilities that they have. Yeah. <coughs> uh, which, again, everything can be leveled up, which is which is kind of cool. And then your higher star heroes have more abilities that they can access and more, and more powerful weapons that they can equip. Which weapon? So that was Fire Emblem Heroes. I don't have a whole lot to add on that. I haven't really played it in a while, but I enjoyed my time with it when it was 
ready and available. Uh, so the next game on my list is Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a game that I actually just started playing last night and played a little bit today of not enough to really talk about it. I maybe put three or four hours into it, but uh, I'm glad I'm finally getting a chance to, to play it. So I think Eric and I think primarily Eric talks about it here. I know Corey ended up playing it not that long ago, and I don't know. It was when Will was in school, so I don't know how much he talked about it. So I'm pretty, pretty sure Eric carried most of this episode. So you get to hear his thoughts thus far, or at that point on Horizon Zero Dawn. Two main characters at the beginning are Aloy and Rost, which is very close to Rust yeah. and Alloy. <laughs> a little bit too on the money. Sure. Maybe. I, I would have preferred them just call him Rust and... and that's that's yeah. exactly what they said. So, um, <laughs> Either way, neither here nor there. I just think it's a stupid name. But uh, Aloy as a character is really cool. Uh-huh. Uh, I think she's a great main, main character, and I'm very much into the story. It's one of the best opening... It's not even... It's more than a sequence, because it takes a while to get through. I mean, you do play through parts of it but the opening sequences and like tutorial section uh it's one of the best that i've played in a video game i think it really gets you well prepared for the combat um and kind of like the turmoil that's going on and i think it really gets you um to buy into the character uh-huh. of aloy and and rost who i really really like a lot rost is kind of her uh, parent figure, Aloy's parent figure. I don't want to go into spoilers too much, so uh, that's really all I'll say about that. But um, did her parents die? I like I said, I don't want to go into <laughs> spoilers about anything. Um, so yeah, so like I said, the the beginning is just it's fantastic, and the game looks so good. Yeah, it's it's one of the if not the best looking game that I've played on the uh, current generation of consoles. Uh-huh. Um. So as far as like uh, the gameplay, the the combat is really really well done, and it's mostly with a bow and arrow, which is not anything that I have ever been big on using in games. Um, but I really enjoy it. Uh, it just handles so well, and there's different types of bow bows and arrows. There's like a regular hunter one. There's more of a like a long range sniper one, and they'll do like more damage. Uh, some of them only use elemental attack arrows that you have to craft so it has like a survival survival ishness to it because the whole time you're walking around it's kind of like far cry where you're uh gathering supplies as you walk around uh-huh. um so you pick up like uh, sticks and medicinal herbs and things of that nature to you know make things to heal yourself uh, make different weapons like traps bows um different ammo for a sling just all these different kinds of things that you can craft, uh, which is really fun. And I haven't gotten tired of picking up the things yet. I do wish that there was some sort of easier way to do it. And maybe there is a skill down the road in the skill tree. I didn't look through all of them. Um, yeah, like send out one of your tribe mates to gather supplies or whatever. Or like just, just run over it and it picks it up. Oh, I gotcha. Rather you know than what stopping mean? whatever you're doing. And yeah, it, up. it is a lot of start and stop. You know, because you really do have to pick up just about everything because you fire a lot of arrows and you also need to heal yourself, yeah. you know? So now, go ahead. what game does picking up trash better, Horizon or Fallout 4? 
Well, I wouldn't call this trash, so. <laughs> okay. Crafting so Fallout, supplies. Fallout does better at it, then. Yeah, yeah. Considering there's no trash to pick up in Horizon Zero Dawn, I would say Fallout does it better. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of neat how they do some of the healing. There are potions, but you also have, like, a medicinal pouch, and that's what the uh, herbs go into. So under your health bar, there's another green meter, and that tells how much medicine for lack of a better word you have in your pouch so you would hit like up on the d-pad if you get uh, get hurt and need to heal yourself and you can just see like the green bar with your medicinal herbs is going down while your health is going up so you do have to worry about like refilling that as you wander around which is uh can be kind of a pain in the ass but it's it's nothing it's a very nitpicky thing um so it's got some of the survivability in it it's got the crafting in it um it's also got the skill tree, so it's got your, your typical, like, stealth skill tree, fighting skill tree, and um, foraging skill tree. I've put quite a bit into the sneaking one. Uh-huh. Um, something I've always found useful in other games like this is to level up to the ability where you can sneak attack the biggest enemies possible uh-huh. to take them out of the picture as soon as you can. And I've already found that paying dividends early okay. on in the game, so I'm I'm really happy that I've done that because um, it's actually a lot harder than I expected. Uh-huh. The battles are really fun because they they can be intense, and usually the uh, the mechs are in packs, so some of them will run away, but some of them will you know stay and fight and try to kill you. Um, but but like the boss battles that I've taken part in have been really good, uh, intense. Um, and like you scan kind of like in Batman where you look for clues, you know how you do the scanning in there or the Witcher, Mm -hmm. uh, you do the same in this and you can scan the different mechs and it will show you their weak points. So like one of them, I think it's called a stalker. I don't, I'm probably getting that wrong, but, uh, has this pack on its back called blaze and blaze is what you use to craft fire arrows. Um, so if you shoot that, it, like explodes basically and causes you know mega damage to the uh, to the mech um giving you a big advantage there so each mech will show when you when you scan it you know what what's the weak areas for it um let's see what else is there um do you guys have any questions about any of the gameplay or anything like that how does the stealth work like because you know uh stealth done poorly can be a a bad thing (laughs) for a game so no, I That's think the stealth is done pretty well. I mean, you, you, square is your your crouch button, okay. and it's got that long grass kind of thing to it. Okay. Like, uh, is, is Assassin's Creed does that? Uh, Maybe it's, it's been too long. Okay, I think <laughs> Uncharted does it, okay. uh, where like there will be different patches of gra- long grass laid out around uh-huh. the area where your enemies are, and you can kind of go from path or patch of grass to patch of grass, and uh, you can uh, do things like whistle to call an enemy over uh-huh. uh, when they get close to the to the grass you can do a silent kill on them that kind of stuff uh, but it's done really well I haven't really found any any jankiness with it so far can you kind of um, tell when they are semi aware of you yes there's okay. uh there's notification of that okay yeah that's, so like when you're good. moving around there's an eye at the top of the screen oh something I should point out the UI is uh, the HUD is completely customizable oh I like that yeah, I haven't messed around with it at all, but I, I did read that. Yeah. Um, but there's an eye at the top middle of the screen, so 
it, and it forms these little lines around the eye. The more noise you're making, the more lines form around the eye. So mm-hmm. it has that for you, as well as um, a little like question mark forms above the uh, the enemy's head, okay. and will turn yellow if they're kind of aware of you, and gotcha. will turn red if they're attacking you. Okay. So I mean, you you can definitely tell. Um, it, it it does have that kind of stupid AI to it, where you know how in like Far Cry you kill a guy and then they see it and they go over and say, "Oh, yeah. what's going on here?" Sure. Rather than being them. alert of what's going on, yeah, they yeah, just kind of stand so, there looking at the dead body. It's not as dumb because <laughs> it's it's a max. Sure. You know. Uh, so it doesn't feel as dumb, but right. it's it's got a little bit of that to it. Okay. But there, one of the night, neat things about the game is just the different ways that you can go about it. It's it's definitely got that, you know, you can just go in and try to fuck things up, which is, is tough. Although, you do have melee attacks, too. You have a spear, uh, and it actually does quite a bit of damage, and I found that pretty enjoyable, beating the shit out of uh, enemies. Um, one of the main things you want to try to do is knock the enemy down. And when you do that, you can do a critical strike with your spear, which is always uh, very helpful and deals a lot of damage. Um, so that's pretty much it as far as the gameplay goes. I mean, it feels super smooth. The battle's really fun. Uh, a lot of varied enemies. I've fought humans. I've fought mechs. Uh, a lot of varied environments already, and I'm not even that far. I've only played like five or six hours of the game. Uh-huh. Uh, but, there, yeah, a lot of varied environments already, and you can pretty much go anywhere. Um, the climbing feels really good. Uh, it's similar to Uncharted style of climbing um, because a lot of it is, you know, getting vantage point, especially because your weapon is a bow. So you can get up kind of higher and, and kind of get a lay of the land and see what's going on. Um, so... That's always important because clunky climbing can be a real pain in the ass. Yeah, definitely. As we know from Assassin's Creed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else so far that that really stood out to me. I think that's that's really the main stuff. The, the gameplay is fantastic. Battles are great. Intense, rewarding fights. Um, the story I'm really, really into. I really want to see, like, what what's going on and, you know, learn more about... Uh, so that was Horizon Zero Dawn. As I said, I just started playing that, so I don't really have anything to add at this point, but I can imagine we will be talking about it at this year's Thummies. So uh, I do like what I've played so far. Uh, if you listen next week, I'm sure I'll have more of a more of a complete picture of, of what I've played so far in, in Horizon Zero Dawn. So next up on the list is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, this episode we had a really bad echo for some odd reason. It's pretty annoying, so I won't play that much of it. I almost want to go back and re-record this episode. That's how obnoxious the echo is, but it's it's there. So what can you do? So yeah, here is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. So just to, to beat him, so I had to back off and go and round up a bunch of equipment and have another go at it, which is kind of frustrating when you have the you're going through the momentum of uh, the shrine or not even the shrines, but the divine beasts. You know, the, the bigger temples for lack of a better word um yeah yeah it kind of ruins the momentum when you get there and uh you realize you don't have what it takes to to beat the last guy and it's like well shit i gotta back out and find some stuff yeah yeah, yeah but, I, I mean i'd, I'll, I'd second what Corey said i, I would okay. call it a con i think that the the weapon durability thing is a pain in the ass and i i, don't, I hate when I, like i find a good weapon that i want to use because i like using the shield with a one-handed sword 
Yeah. And when I don't have one, I just, it, I don't know. It makes me anxious because I don't, I don't feel like I'm good with anything else. Yeah. I don't feel like I can defend myself without using the shield and the one-handed sword. Yeah. So I, I really, that, that part does bug me. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. I, yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy that, that part of it. I haven't, I've only fought faced one boss, Corey, so I can't speak to what you're, you're playing. I, I should say I play, it said I've played around 25 hours um, on the Switch thing. I've heard it's not super accurate. I would guess I probably played a little bit more than that. You mean the Switch can't even track your hours? Come on. It can, just not accurately. Not accurately, yeah. Not, the Wii U, I was talking before we started, the Wii U kept track of absolutely everything, even like play times per, per, uh, per session yeah. that you had. And you could look back on that through the life of your Switch. I love doing that just out of curiosity. I'm like, oh, that one day I played Mario Kart for seven hours. It's like, Jesus, what, what, how did I have seven free hours to play Mario Kart? But it's probably just sitting idle. I did. Uh, I don't know if I did that too much with the Wii U. Mm. My computer's done that a lot, but yeah. Anywho, Will, thoughts on the multiple weapons? Uh, so I like it to an extent. I do think it's a little over the top with how frequent everything breaks. It's kind of frustrating because right now I am at a point where I need to find some weapons to do anything, really, which kind of sucks. It doesn't take me too much out of it. The most frustrating part with it was I was doing a quest where I had to fight with, like, the, the I think it's called the Lionel, the Lionel Beasts um, for one of the main quests, and, like, I was killing it, almost had it dead, but I ran out of weapons and arrows, and I had to throw bombs to try and kill it, and it just, like, I couldn't kill it because I'm, I'm bad with the bombs. And, yeah, so and, and you, know, you know what happens is I try to do that too, Will, and I just, like, fail, but I'm, like, close enough that I keep doing it, and then I realize yeah. I've wasted, like, an hour and a half trying to bullshit my way through it with bombs, and yeah. then I've just lost all that time. Yeah. So, like, if I realize, like, I'm going to run out of weapons now, I just kind of, like, back out and go uh, try to find some other. Yeah. And and the thing that sucks about that, too, is, like, it does kind of deter me from doing a lot of open-world battles when I see a camp, because if I have weapons I don't want to lose, I'm not going to go fight these guys for, like, a treasure chest that has something okay in it for the most part, and then a couple of shitty spiked clubs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that that kind of takes away from the the open world combat a little bit. What I've been what I've been doing in that situation because I I have like one uh, fi- uh, is it fifty fifty power uh, two handed sword that I that I save for the real hard guys that I fight. Um, so what I've been doing is I I try to snipe a guy from a distance with arrows and then I pick up his weapon and then I just keep using the weapons that I find in a camp. To slaughter all the all the camp guys. Yeah, I usually like to leave one one slot in my inventory open. Yeah, for open world traveling. I hear you. I hear you, Dan. But the inventory is also so small that it's a pain in my dick going in there constantly and dropping shields and weapons and, and armor and stuff like that. And like, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I should be having to muddle around in my inventory to drop a spiked club here and there. And I, I don't know. I just, I feel like that could have been a lot better. Well, it's like that with every open world RPG, really. But instead of inventory space, it's weight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't just... like the weight thing either. That drives me fucking. I'm sure if you went back and listened to our Fallout Four podcast, you would hear me complaining about the weight. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, every I, I'm pretty sure you've complained about it with every. <laughs> yeah, they, they just always have these stupid like restrictions, and I just I don't know. I just don't know if it's necessary. Yeah, and uh, one more point for me on the destructible weapons. Um, like I like I like how the game's set up overall in that you you get everything you need to beat the game like in the first hour essentially. Uh, and all the tools are there. And everything you get from then on is just, like, quality of life improvements. Yeah. Uh, but that's one thing that, without spoiling anything, doesn't really improve throughout the game. And, uh, like, there's a, there's points where it hints at it. Um, I got one weapon as, like, a gift for completing a quest. I'm going to refrain from giving any spoilers. Uh, and they said, you know, if it ever breaks, just come back and we'll give you another one. And I was like, oh, great, you know, a, a fix for this issue that's been plaguing me throughout the game. Uh, and it did finally break, and I went back to him. He's like, yeah, we can make it for you. I just need this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, oh. fuck you, really? Yeah. And I was like. Because I just got my a, a weapon that said the same thing, and I've been using it nonstop because of that. We might be talking about different weapons. Text me about that one, because we might be talking about different weapons. It was the Zora Divine Beast. That's the one, yeah. Okay. That's the one. It broke on me, and I went to get another one, and he's, he boned me with a quest. Little was bastard. it stuff you might already have in your inventory? No, no. Okay. It was it's three different. Yeah, it was three different things. One of them, I had one item of it. I had was an actual different weapon that I had only come across once in, in my travels. So that was an excerpt from our Breath of the Wild episode. Once again, I apologize for the echo. That was when we were having, uh, when I had just reset up the studio after I had done some work in the basement and we were having all sorts of audio issues. I don't know. It just seems like whenever you change something, even slightly, everything gets all thrown off and we had to develop a new way to, way to, way to record after that. For whatever reason, I just couldn't get it to go back to the uh, initial quality that we had, so... Yeah, I had to had to revamp everything, and it took a few episodes to finally get the hang of it. So, but this one was really bad with the echo. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Listening to it for a few minutes, I you kind of get used to it. It's still annoying, but got, I got used to it. And it also sounded like we didn't like Breath of the Wild very much in that one excerpt. Uh, I mean, I know I ended up loving it. It's in my top ten favorite games of all time, and I know Will ended up loving it. So. Yeah, that was Breath of the Wild. Uh, so for the last game is uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. It's the last kind of big game that we had done a full episode on. Uh, some of the other ones, like uh, Mario Kart 8, probably don't need an episode. I don't even know if that's going to be eligible for any kind of awards at the end of the year since it's a port kind of re-release from the Wii U version to the Switch version. So I decided not to include that one on there. Uh, I also didn't put our Nintendo Switch episode on here. Uh, only because that's just a console. So I figured I would stick to the game. So here is our episode about Mass Effect Andromeda. Contention is the dialogue. Yeah. And I think the issue is not the writing of the dialogue, because I actually prefer the dialogue in this game as opposed to the, the Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, it feels definitely. More, it feels more real to me. It feels more genuine, like yeah. like people conversing with people. Um, but I think the voice acting doesn't quite, uh, live up to the writing of the interaction okay. between the characters. So, so I think the writing is very good because it, it like the characters when they're interacting with each other through, through dialogue is very real. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like how you would talk to people. 
But if the voice acting doesn't live up to it, it feels kind of artificial. And I think that's the issue. Gotcha. And then that's not to say the voice acting is bad, in my opinion, because I think it's fine. Um, it's just I think this is my very broad stroke impression of the whole thing. I think the voice acting doesn't quite live up to the writing. And I think that's why people are like, oh, the writing's not as good. Gotcha. And that, that's just not the case with me. Like, it just yeah. sounds like people talking to people, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think a little bit too is uh, some of that is is by choice because a, a lot of the the conversations you have you have multiple options on how you want to reply and there's one like that's like sarcastic and jokey there's one that's serious there's one that's more scientific and then there's one that's more like heartfelt uh, yeah so so I think a lot of that depends on what you pick in re- to to reply to other characters that you're talking to and that's a new you know? thing for 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 Mass Effect is the yeah. uh, they introduced it to you very early on is the like. What's the way to phrase it, Dan? They give you like a, a a number of five different phraseologies, and throughout the whole game, you're seeing the icon for the yep. type of phrasing you want, like yep. emotional, intelligent. Uh, I forget what the other ones are, but yeah, like you see those icons, and you're you know you're making like the emotional choice or the intelligent choice or the whatever choice, uh, which I think is kind of nice because you you are sort of building your choices in your character based on on those types of choices yeah um phraseology of your choices you also kind of know what you're you, there was multiple times in the first uh trilogy in the mass effect game where i would pick something thinking like what they were gonna say was one way and then what he actually said was completely not how i wanted it to be said so yeah. i kind of like that you have the choice of like you know like it breaks down like what like the emotional choice or like the heartfelt like i like that because now you kind of know what he's gonna say yeah and it still gives you like the paraphrase like three or four word version of what you're about to say Mm -hmm. um but when it's coupled with that like tag that visual tag of like the type of answer you're gonna give you pretty much know exactly what you're gonna say and you're right well that's that's a big difference for me i think that's a huge deal Mm -hmm. yeah uh, we should address the other like major complaint, which is the facial animations, particularly on the humans and Asari characters. Uh, I, I, we talked about this a little bit last week. It doesn't really bother me. I've only noticed like maybe once or twice where there's a weird. It, it's not great, you know. It's not the best facial animations I've ever seen, but I, I, I think it's enough. It's serviceable. Um, there was only one or two times where my character made a really stupid face, uh, and then there's the character Addison. Um, the the colony's coordinator or whatever. Yep. Uh, she looks in, like an insane person, but it's her. It's the eyes. It's not even the face. Her eyes. It looks like she's been drinking way too much coffee. And she For makes her. the. Well, she makes <laughs> she makes the point. Um, before like I'm sorry I look like this, but my face is tired. You know, there's <laughs> that's kind of turned into a meme, I guess, from from Mass Effect Andromeda. But yeah, her her face looks a little bit weird. But other than that, like I don't know, it's it's fine. And and to, to pony to pony off that Dan, it the the facial animations have still never caught me up throughout the entirety of of my almost twenty hours I would think at this point of playing the game like the facial animations I'm only paying attention to them because so many people have complained about them yeah. nothing jumps out at me to say like oh that's really bad that's awful I don't I don't get it I really yeah. don't like that being a valid criticism of the game it just does not hold water for me. Yeah. I mean, aren't all the facial animations and character models and like Skyrim and stuff like that awful, but like that never seems to be complained about? I mean, Skyrim also came out five years ago. Yeah, right? but still. Yeah, but still. Yeah. 
No, and that's the thing. Like, like at what point? Do, I mean, this is something we talk about a lot, but it's like that separation point between you know realism and and understanding that you're playing a video game, and where does that disconnect actually happen? And for me personally, in playing this game, the facial animations never introduced that disconnect to me. Like, yeah. at no point was there a facial animation that I was like, "Whoa!" You know, you took me out of the game. It just didn't happen. And yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm only paying attention to them because the criticisms of them were so strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, um, well, how do you feel about the Nomad? I have no issue with it. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. Same it's... here. It's 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 a very improved upon Mako, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it it runs well. It controls well. Even like I'm playing on with a mouse and keyboard. Uh, okay. which is notoriously bad for driving, but it works well enough. Like it kind of feels like you're driving a tank, but you're driving a tank, you know, right. Uh, essentially it's a six wheel, six wheel tank. Uh, I like how it has a fast mode and then like a climb mode that I just yep. click on the, the right mouse button to switch. Uh, I think that's cool. It's upgradable. It's customizable with, with the, the look on the outside too, which is, which is cool. Um, my main complaint about the game and really my only complaint that I can think of is the the menus, not not great, not great there. Um, um, specifically, the missions, like finding finding the mission stuff, like the way it's the way it's broken down is that there's five like four or five different six different categories where your missions are in. Um, there's like the you know your main story missions. There's your Helios Helios missions, which is the sort of the cluster that you're in in, in Andromeda. There's uh, relationships uh thing and then there's like like side side quests and it's never really that clear like where those go inside which folder like there's no notification so like when you're looking for something specific like oh i know this is kind of nearby i'm gonna look for for this mission like you have to poke through all the folders and then back out and it's 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 a little bit cluttered for that uh, but i also feel like i have an easier time uh, scrolling through the the items and stuff with the mouse and keyboard because you scroll with the mouse like you would uh, like a web page or something. So I think that part's probably better on the PC, whereas um, you know going into the mission thing is probably better with a, a controller. I would yeah. think. Fair enough. Um, the yeah, the only in playing the game, like the only in terms of that, the only thing that caught me up is. Uh, when I initially went to look at my my journal, which is what holds all your quests, mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out how to to back out of the yeah. main quest and find the rest of them. Um, and it wasn't until I like accidentally pressed the pressed the circle button when I was on the journal page that I realized you could back out to the rest of them. I, it sounds stupid when I'm explaining it, but in playing it, like that was a major issue for me. I didn't yeah. understand the fact that you could. The default choice for a menu option had sub options behind it. If you just press the circle button, it's kind of a weird disconnect. I don't know. That was the one thing that caught me up. I figured it out pretty quickly, and once I figured it out, it was fine. But uh, that's that's the only input I have on on that criticism. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one. Like you like you were talking about, Corey. That's the only one for me that that I, I get. Uh, but it's it's kind of minor. You know, like I, I don't minor. I don't spend a ton of time farting around in the menus. Um, so it's very, very minor. I actually uh, went from level one to or I'm sorry, level three to level 10 without 
putting any points into any of my abilities oh, really? for my character. Yeah. Wow. Well, part of it, part of the reason I did that was uh, I was kind of like a feeling out process. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what do I need here and here, and how do I, how's battle going to commence, and like, what what are the strengths and weaknesses of the party that I have? So I wasn't I wasn't pressuring myself to put points into any abilities until I kind of figured all that out. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all those gaining those levels was all relatively easy because I was on the the starting planet, which is EOS. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about the combat? Um, I know some people don't like it, but I actually really, really enjoy it. What's not to like about it? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. Like it's a little bit harder, I think than the other mass effect games, but I finally figured out what, which button I used to dodge. Uh-huh. And it's made things so much easier on me because I probably made it through 30 hours of the game without knowing how to dodge. And okay. I just figured out, luckily, because I've had some pretty tough battles in the past few hours that I've played. So uh, the dodge has been really helpful. And, and like my character, I don't know if it's a uh, an option that I chose, but my character kind of cloaks when I dodge so I can escape danger even a little bit better than than just straight up dodging. Which yeah. I like. Wait, so what? what do you use for dodge? Maybe I'm missing that portion of it's it's the middle mouse button you push it down yeah i don't i don't know how that translates to uh ps4 controller so that was the now infamous mass effect andromeda me and Corey mainly covering it and a little bit of will i still haven't beaten that one either uh probably eh, close to 70 hours in but getting close and uh still still enjoying my time with it uh i put it on pause because i'm playing uh, Will's Horizon Zero Dawn while while I have his PlayStation while he's out, out of town. So yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda will probably pick ba- pick back up at some point next week, but still still liking that one. Um, so yeah, that's probably all I want to do for the mid year recap. If you sent feedback in for this week, I know we got at least one piece. We will read it next week, and if you happen to send in another one in next week too, we will count you for twice in our uh, our. Uh, game giveaway for next week's episode uh next week's episode is likely to be on thursday everyone should be on you never know a lot of sometimes we get people especially in the summertime with last minute things that they have to do so uh looking at next week thursday for next week's episode uh, that'll do it for episode 311 of the thumbstick athletes podcast i'm your host dan and get out of my basement One, two, three, four.